Hi, I'm Shama. Hi, I'm Amrita, and together we're the hosts of The, the Voice, Voice Out, Out Podcast. Podcast. Shama is one of my best friends, and even though we talk about everything under the sun, we have some healthy debates and sometimes some opposing views. But there is a lot that makes us the same. And there's a lot that makes us different. Whenever we have one of these debates or discussions or even chats, we find one of us gives the other a different perspective. So we thought, we don't want to keep that in. We want to voice it out. good thank you how are you I'm good thank you cool so as a lot of you may know if, if you've listened to our earlier episodes you'll know that both me and Amrita have come from a media background so this week's episode we are going to be talking about what it was really like working as a part of the Asian media now <laughs> we both have very different experiences but we also have quite a similar experience as well and I Okay, I'm going to go into what I did. I was a writer for an Asian media, a British Asian media outlet, which I did for just over a decade. Woo! Woohoo! Loved it. <laughs> absolutely loved it. It was actually, it was, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I don't think I would take anything back. I'm so, so glad that I started. Amrita, what about you? So I, I can't remember what year it was. It was probably about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I started writing for a British American website, which was kind of a blog, I think, at that time. Okay. And they were looking for original content. So I didn't do any reviews or anything, but I was doing features. Okay. And then I moved on to a website that was based in the US, which had a UK following. I was just a writer. I just wanted experience. And that was the same time I started my blog uh, about 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Wow. (laughs) And um, then I was offered the same British Asian outlet to head up their showbiz section and uh, I took it up after thinking, no, I just want to do a blog. <laughs> um, I want to keep my ideas to my own. I don't want to, you know, conform to mm. whatever an outlet wants to conform me to. Yeah, and I spent 11 years. Wow, it'll be 11 years tomorrow, actually. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, anyway, 11 years heading up the showbiz section. Yeah, and I think that was my deep dive into the British Asian mm. media, really. Quite a roller coaster. Quite I mean, yeah, it was it was a roller coaster. I think I've learned so much about myself in yeah. those years, but also kind of how to conduct myself, what I want out of it. All of that came afterwards, after yes. you're in it already. Yeah. I think you probably find that yourself, don't you, Shama? Oh my God, absolutely. I mean, so do you want to talk about how you got into it? I can do. I mean, you know, I started reviewing on the radio, yeah. which is where it started. And then I wouldn't like to say headhunted, but almost headhunted when I put that on my Twitter bio mm. back then. And then I was asked, oh, do you want to do reviews for us by another website? So that's how I started. Yeah. And it, yes, it was through social, social media. Social media. Well, how I started was <laughs> very, very different from Amrita. Very, very different. The only experience that I had in showbiz of any kind is just watching Bollywood movies literally all my life. I think I was like that as well. That's where the interest spot. Just that was that was the interest. I'd always talk about it. And basically 
you had asked mutual people. Yes, I did. Um, a, a range of mutual people, like, oh, I'm looking for writers. And then one of those mutual persons asked me, oh, do you want to write for a Bollywood website about Bollywood? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> And then that's basically, the rest is history. That's how I got into yeah. it. And Shama didn't know what was entailed in that. Neither did I. I yeah, I had point. no idea. I literally had no idea. I actually I actually remember giving it an example. I think you just wanted to know what my writing style was. Uh, this is actually how we met. Yes, it is. This is our, this is our love story. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you wanted to know what my writing style was. And I think I wrote a piece. I wrote like a, feat, a random feature piece about sort of, I think there was an award show about what everyone was wearing and stuff like that. And then Maria sort of was just like, yeah, this is great. Okay. Something like that. And um, that's how it started. But I did not know what I was in for. I mean, the Asian media has, British Asian media in particular, let me say, has definitely opened my eyes up to how, I'm going to be honest, how hard, the main thing is how hard everything is and how easy it looks. So yeah, I used to say this to my colleague, uh, a close colleague of mine. So basically, just to give a little bit of background, me and Shama are both in full-time jobs, nothing to rela- nothing related to media. Nope. And this was something we did as, as a side hustle. When I say hustle, it was basically volunteering. But the thing is, I think what Shama just said about it looking really easy, I had I used to always have this conversation that I think people make it look really easy mm-hmm. in the British Asian media, even if they are volunteering, yeah. which we were. I think there's an aspect of you're so passionate about it that you just do it and you make it look as if it's your full-time job, basically, which a lot of people thought was my full-time job for a number of years, probably still do some people. Mm -hmm. And it does look easy, especially if you are showing all the happy moments on your social media and you're communicating your celebrity interviews, celebrity interactions, award shows you're going to, events you're going to. It does look easy and it's not easy. I think that was probably one of my biggest wake up calls because I'm going to talk about a first experience, my first so I was experience. Just, I was just about to say that, that yeah, what was, what was the experience that got you thinking, damn, this is hard. Or- I wouldn't, do you know what? I think it was fun, but it was a massive eye opener. The first thing that we did, which was we went to interview Ranbir Kapoor now he is fabulous but we waited what five and a half hours five Five and and a half six hours we were the last one in the queue we were last and and the thing is there is no sense of like you know you just have to turn up they'll tell you this is what's happening the pr company will tell you there's this interview he was coming to promote yejivani Divani. Turn up on the day. There's no pre-planned itinerary of, oh, oh, this outlet does goes first, this outlet goes that. You just have to wait. So I think they do have, a, they personally, the PR people, or I think it was um, Eros, yeah. they have the list, right? Yeah. But then they sometimes juggle it around. Like yeah. if someone then needs to go and that's a big media outlet, then they will make it earlier, push yeah. it forward, whatever it is. But I think that day... That day was interesting because that was my second, my personally, my second yeah. interaction with Rinbir because he had come initially to promote Murphy um, and I'd gone with another correspondent then. And this time I went with Shama and Shama was uh, basically just photographing. I was just time. photographing, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't do videos then. This is back in whenever, whenever it, I think 2013, 2013 was uh, year Giovanni had yeah. one release. And yeah, so carry on. Your, and it was your experience. It, this, is, this was it. It was literally, you're just waiting around. It was a bit chaotic and I'm quite naive about a lot of things. I'm someone who is like, oh, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. I think I'm quite friendly. Are you? But 
I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to think so. It was the first time I was just like, oh my God, there are other outlets. I kind of got the feeling of competition. No one was really talking to each other. Everyone was just like, it was a feeling. It was a feeling in the air. It was very tense. And I remember we ended up talking to this other outlet and they were asking us, oh, so what are you going to ask him? First of all, it was really friendly, but it very quickly became kind of, because I could sense it. And and you told me that, no, don't don't tell them anything. Um, (laughs) Simply because I can't remember what they said, but the conversation was very, very weird. They were just trying to figure out what were our questions? How can they make themselves better? Basically, it was very kind of competition-y. And it was just a really weird environment. And I was like, what the hell is this? I mean, Rumbir was great. He was absolutely fantastic. But it was the whole thing of, we've literally waited all day for a 10 minute interview. Yeah. We're lucky you didn't get cut short. Because I waited a lovely six hours for Rithik Roshan and Priyanka oh. Chopra for Krish interviews. And I was told I would have 10 minutes. And when by the time I got there, because they were so delayed, I had three minutes. I had waited six hours for three minutes but yeah Yeah. so I think to kind of just round off what you said I think we've had a few experiences well I definitely had a few experiences where the more you attend press junkets and Mm. stuff like that you do realize that there are some people there who want to feed off whatever energy you have and I don't mean that in a horrible way I mean your positive energy because for me I'm that kind of person Mm. who I go off energies so like Shama said at that time we didn't know any other out not a lot of any other British Asian media so in that scenario in the first few years that we were doing that the last kind of stint that I did as a head of showbiz it became apparent to me that you hold your cards close to your chest Mm. you don't give away a lot but also you do sometimes identify and you meet people and you realize that people are okay then you might be able to give away some stuff so I think in one of my last interviews, actually, last year or the year before it was Sonal Nigam. And I remember coming out of that interview, uh, sorry, going into that interview, thinking it was just Sonal Nigam solo until I got there and I was told you're talking to so-and-so from this company as well in the same interview. And mm. I was like, I don't know who that is. Sonal Nigam at that time was uh, selling or starting to sell NFTs, which are a digital asset that you can buy. Firstly, I didn't understand what NFTs were. So I had to do my research on that. Then, obviously, I, I understood that I'm not going to be able to ask Sonal Nigam about his Bollywood career extensively because it's specifically about NFTs and his digital footprint. Thirdly, the person who was extra was the person who was actually backing Sonal Nigam doing NFTs. <laughs> now, when I got there, I was told, wow. you're also interviewing. Now, no disrespect, but PR company should have told me that. Yeah. Secondly... If the PR company doesn't tell you, you are well within your right to kick up a fuss. So I think I talked to a fellow media friend afterwards who was like, I refuse point blank to talk to that person. And I was like, well, realistically, what annoyed me was then someone from that person's team, like he was the director of something Mm. or CEO of the company, said, oh, you know, he's this, he's, I'll talk to you about him. And he gave me like a five minute intro into this man's entire career. Wow. And then said, go with the interview. And in my head, I was like, I need to process so I said to him, can you just give me five more minutes while my uh, videographer was setting up? And I stepped out of the room. I went into the corridor and I actually read up on him because to me, my information goes in by reading, mm-hmm. not by someone telling me. Like in that scenario, I needed yeah. to read it. So anyway, I blagged the interview. But I think so the point I'm trying to make is when we came out of that interview, there was another TV outlet there who was like, 
we've just been told we're also interviewing this person. And I was like, yeah. But first of all, they were like, what is an NFT? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which oh I God. thought was hilarious. But Nobody yeah, knew I, I think I realised in situations like that over the years mm. that I can think on my feet. And also that I, Shava knows this, I don't really pre- prepare for interviews. If I know enough about the person, no, I try and just have a chat. I know it's, it's annoying. It's a really annoying trait because you can do it <laughs> so effortlessly and the rest of us are like, oh, where's my I thing? Think it's, yeah, I think it's because I knew I know enough about that person and then I can basically just have a conversation, which is, you know, if you think about the Farhan Akhtar interview oh, yeah. that I had, um, I did a part one and a part two because I needed to satisfy two different PR companies. Yes. And at that time, he was going through a really big personal situation that was being reported in the media. So yep. I can understand he had his backup. He entered the room. I was the first interview of the day. He gave me a hug. I'd never met this man before. <laughs> he gave me a hug and he said, I'm so sorry I overslept. I said, it's absolutely fine. I do need to go to work though. But he didn't hear me. Then my, uh, you know, we were all set up and everything. And uh, I spoke to the PR lady and I said, to satisfy you, I'm going to do part one. To satisfy the other PR company who wasn't even there. I'm going to do a part two so we can split them when we publish. And I introduced myself to Farhan and I said, I am also from the outlet that is a digital partner for your concerts that's coming up. So Mm. I'll be covering that as well. And I don't know whether that put him at ease, really, because uh, I think what might have put him more at ease is if I had a piece of paper in front of me with questions, (laughs) which I did not. But yeah, so... Shama always says to me, if you watch the from the part one to the just, part two, he's literally he's literally just happy as Larry at the end. But yeah. at the beginning, he's so nervous. Yeah. Because I didn't have a piece of paper in front of me. So I think he thought I was going to ask about his personal situation. Yes. So I think, but so yeah, to, the point is I went into that interview with one question prepared and I just went with it because I knew who he was. And I had to say that to him. Yeah. I was like, I know enough about you, so I don't so have I anything don't in front of me. And he just went, okay. But I think that's where the nerves came from. So where did you realise that you have that, you can do that without? I don't think it's a matter of you can do it, honestly. It's something I do to push myself. Right. And plus, because I've got enough knowledge or I read up about the person if I don't, Hmm. I think I can go into that thing talking about the film or talking about their past roles, etc. and just have a conversation. And whether that works out well or it works out mediocre, that's just, you can't just, preempt yeah, that. Can't. Like, for example, I was really lucky that I got to interview Shah Rukh Khan and Gajal when <laughs> they came for Diwali and Shaman was there. But then the second time Gajal came and mm. I was interviewing her for Helicopter Ela, yes. I was able to add in the connection of yeah. Diwali and I sort of said to her, you've never really done promotions, but you promoted heavily with the whole cast of Diwali. But for Helicopter Elo, you're by yourself. Yeah. So it's kind of just, you know, like making them aware that you are paying attention to them yeah. in a way. She was actually really, really friendly. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, what was something that, you know, this was the first time that you, before, you said that you were working for, as a writer, as a reviewer. Yeah. This, you were heading up. Yeah. You were heading up a team. For you, what was your experience? What was something that surprised you in that role? For an Asian, it's Asian a bit media. weird because I obviously started off as a correspondent for yeah. another website and they didn't trust me, which is absolutely fine because I'd never done media events. I'd never been in front of a celebrity. Yeah. You don't know how I'm going to act. Am I going to crumble? What am I going to ask them? I could be a really controversial yeah. fan, for example. Yeah. But it's only when I started heading up showbiz that I was kind of in the same boat and yeah. I wanted someone who was experienced. So usually I would try and take someone with me yes. so that they got at least one or two experiences before they did something by themselves. But I think the biggest thing is the amount of people that applied to be a correspondent who at the age of like sometimes 20s, 30s, I don't think I don't think we had many older people mm. who weren't able to construct sentences. I know that sounds horrible, but that mm. you know as a website, as yeah. a print 
almost a print media i think that's the thing that surprised me the most mm. because it's all very well you have the passion but you have to have the talent yeah to back it up but what would you say that you learned about yourself in the last about myself 10 years or? definitely that i can differentiate between personal and professional and one of my biggest examples is of the same interview that you're talking about with shark and kajal because here i was in a room with my childhood hero. But you also got the door slammed in your face. I got the door slammed in my <laughs> face. Like literally, Shama was at the door about yeah. to come in the room and someone and shut, shut the, the door. door. And I'm like, okay. And then I went, oh, that's my photographer. Do you mind if she just comes to take some photos? She can leave in five minutes. It's absolutely fine. And uh, Shark Khan was like, no, 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 let her in. Let her in. <laughs> I don't she, remember the, that. What I specifically remember <laughs> is I'm really going, my photographer Shama and then Shark saying my name I was like in my head I was like oh my god he said my name but then as soon as I got in that room and the interview was starting it wasn't even a conscious thing I thought about this after where immediately my head went right so where's the lighting how far have I got (laughs) how much space have I got like in between God was saying I haven't got my shoes on please don't take any any photos of my he was smoking yeah like yeah immediately it was just where can I take the best photographs my head went straight to work mode professional Professional, and I think it was that whole thing of because this was obviously my first time meeting him in such close proximity because you know I had been at a press junket where obviously it's like a panel and they're all in a massive room and stuff like that but this was obviously the first time that I was actually like face to face with him and it was that kind of okay if I can be like that in front of Sharuk Khan. Yeah. I think I'm doing all right. <laughs> and the thing is, it's in that moment because, again, you don't have very long with these celebrities. No. You have about 10, 15 minutes max. Just, not even I mean, that. 15 minutes is a really, really, really yeah. long time. Yeah. And it was at a stage where, at the very last minute, we weren't even going to get this interview. It was very much at the very, very, very last minute. They're like, okay, if they've got time, then go in. Yeah. Another thing that surprised me was the conduct of other media outlets and how yeah, just... That was interesting. Like, it was just really, really interesting to see how different media outlets or people from different media outlets conduct themselves. I think what helped us stay humble in that is because this was a side hustle. It wasn't a full-time job. For a lot of these people, and it's not really their fault, it's just the way that the industry is. It's it's rat-racy. Rat-racy, cutthroaty we got to get the best, all about yeah. exclusives. And because that's how they get readers in, that's just the industry that it's in. I saw the toxicity of it as well. And I think I was mainly exposed to it when we went to IFA in Madrid in 2016. I mean, I had so much fun. It yeah, was great it was really because fun. on the one hand, we met people who were from big outlets who are awful, who are absolutely horrible, who I just think... If anyone talks about some of these people as a fan... I don't say anything, but I have my own views on them. But then we became friends with other people from big media outlets who were the complete opposite, who we spent loads of time with when we were on the red carpets and stuff like that. We made space for each other. It was that whole thing of we were there together doing the same thing. We're all doing the same thing. And it just, it really put into perspective of we're all doing the same thing. If we actually work together and help each other, we get more out of it because... I was videoing. This is on YouTube. As a group, we kind of all interviewed uh, Fawad Khan, Ranveer Singh and Karan Johar. I mean, they were just messing around, but we were talking to them. They were interacting with us. 
And we got so much traction from that. And what I love about that, okay, yeah, the bonus is that we got a lot of traction from it when we put it up. But it was the environment that we were in at that moment where we were surrounded by people working together. So yes and no, because I feel like there were very disruptive people in that Dreamcast. Yeah, some some of them were. really help us. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, if I had to think about what I've learned about mm. myself, I think the biggest thing I've learned about myself is to trust myself a bit more. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people have said that to me over the years, but I've always been a bit like, I'm doing my own thing. I'm not conforming to like rules. Yeah. I'm writing a review in my way. I'm giving my opinion in this. Way. I was very conscious that I was obviously part of an outlet that I was representing. And I think that kind of let me down a little bit because I think later on I was able to be a bit more kind of me yeah but I think the biggest thing I learned is to push myself mm. in that sense that go into an interview semi-prepared because I've se- I've actually watched people with an iPad or I mean you could see if you see my year Giovanni Hedivani interview with Ranbir Kapoor I'm sitting with an iPad myself I'm so happy I clicked out of that face <laughs> an iPad or like a piece of paper or a notebook or whatever up until a point I did that but then I gave it up because I just mm. thought you know what I need to show that I don't need that, that I can still have a conversation, that they can still take me seriously, I can still ask them and have knowledge and show my knowledge and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's something I push myself with. Mm. Another thing I would say I learned is just don't back down if you are sure of yourself Mm. about something. That's probably the biggest learning ever because a lot of the time, I don't mean this in a horrible way, but because the media, as Shama has mentioned, is very rat racy it's competitive there are insecurities that stand out like a sore thumb and you need to not only man your own insecurities Mm. and try not to kind of let them override you but also make sure you're aware of other people's insecurities so to give you an example i think this was shama's interview arjun kapoor and bernie geograph and namaste yes 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 and someone came out and said oh Arjun's in such a bad mood and I remember you ringing me I think yeah I, I rang Shama you. rang me I, I did get crashed the interview but Shama, <laughs> uh, later on but Shama rang me and said oh my god he's in a bad mood they said blah. that he's in a really bad mood yeah, yeah. so I, I specifically asked Shama who said that yeah and she said it was another person from another outlet and I said just pretend you didn't hear just pretend you didn't hear go in fresh mind happy Give, you can make your own yeah. impression and this was the second time I interviewed Arjun, Arjun. I interviewed Arjun and Alia for two states and it was my first solo interview this first time I interviewed anyone and I had the best time ever so this interview that Amrit's talking about was my second yeah I was like oh my god he's in a bad mood like it threw me off completely no so basically we went into that (laughs) and obviously I was there as a gate crusher I remember Shama outside the room being like can you do this? And I'm like, no, <laughs> your interview, you've prepared for it. And also I think Shema was nervous because you'd been told he was in a bad Yeah, I, that really threw me off. Yeah. I was just like, oh my God. So like, I tried to obviously say to, like, just yeah. don't listen to anyone. And sometimes they also feed off your energy. Yeah. So it was fine. He wasn't in a bad mood. Oh my he was God. actually in an okay mood. Like, he, he was, was fine. in the best, he was yeah. actually, he was totally and fine. what I actually noticed, because we were quite, I think, just generally us as a team, people who, the people that did go to, do interviews I think us ourselves we were that kind of media outlet that we didn't want to pry on like personal issues and you know because Asian media not just British Asian media but generally Asian media Indian media have a real a reputation of just asking in my opinion and maybe yours your opinion too like inappropriate questions things that are just not nothing to do with their work and stuff like that and I find to get the headline exactly to get the headline whereas 
for a lot of us who were doing these interviews, we were like, no, 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 we are there to promote their film or to promote what they're here for. So we're going to talk about that. We'll go personal in a lighter way, but we're not going to pry on personal stuff. And for me, every interview that I went to, I would say to them, I would say to whoever was in front of me, just to let you know, there are no personal questions. I'm not going to ask any personal questions. This is just going to be, you know, just about the film and anything that you want to say it's up to your discretion. And I noticed for a lot of the celebrities that I said that to, they would... It would put them at ease, It would right? put them at ease yeah. completely. Like, yeah. it was so... And I don't think I've had a bad experience. Yeah. I kind of do that, but I go in in kind of a flip way and yeah. sort of say, is there anything that you don't want to yeah. say? And then I'm aware of it. And yeah. then I don't talk about that thing. Yeah. I don't always go in and say that because sometimes you have enough to talk about even mm. without the personal aspect of it. Yeah. But yeah, there is there is a lot, I think, we've learned over the years about ourselves. Absolutely. I don't think this episode will really cover it. We might have to do a part two in season two. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I do actually really, really want to say, and I used to say this, and we, we did actually speak about this in our grief episode when we were talking about when we hear about celebrities passing away but obviously the reason why I'm saying this is because the majority of the time when someone would read something from an outlet just to get the headline I would get people being like oh my god Shama is this true and nine times out of ten that thing would not be true because um, it's got a question because mark at the got, end of the headline. Because it's got a question. Yeah, it's got a question mark. If it's got a question mark at the end of the headline, you need it's to be sceptical. It's a rumour. And a lot of these things, it would be so funny because I'd also write little fillers for the website. And it would be, one day I'd write the story, a speculation. And the next, it would be the confirmation of the speculation. Or most of the time, it would be like, that's not happening. Yeah, the they deny. Kind of deny They've it, denied yeah. it. And it was really interesting to see how many of these stories would come out. And obviously, we would go to... Indian media for referencing we would always obviously reference them especially when I'd be looking for stories some of these things that these media outlets have come up with I'm like that makes absolutely yeah, no sense it's so true. like I get the entertainment even though I was writing I was also a reader of these other outlets and being like oh my god I can see why people would be so consumed by this there'd be quiet times where nothing would happen like there wouldn't be any kind of news and it would be like this person's in a coffee shop drinking tea <laughs> okay God. all right but then I mean it happened recently where the intrusiveness and it does also make me feel a bit sorry for these celebrities because of how intrusive things can get like coming to mind is sort of when Alia Bhatt was she said that she was in her room she was in her home and all of a sudden these pictures came out of her in her home and she's like this is actually going too far it's a violation of my privacy so it's definitely made me a lot more sympathetic towards celebrities as well as how far some of these outlets would go i think we're going to need a part two for this yeah, that's what I just said. I just yeah, said that. For yeah, sure. We'll need a part two for this probably in oh season my God. two. But yeah, I think there's a lot to learn about yourself in British Asian media. But also I think something that you volunteer for and you're good at, you know, you don't sometimes think it would get you to the point where you're sitting in front of a Shah Rukh Khan or, yeah. or a Kajal or, you know, someone like that. But I think it's been really interesting to see the kind of people who take notice yeah as well celebrities too who take notice of what you write where yeah. you write how you behave whatever i'd like to say i've got a few friendships out of it yeah. with actors yeah and i never thought i'd get that because mm. to me i've always had that line of i'm a journalist and they are the celebrity and yeah. it's so funny that a lot of people that i know in the british asian media don't always understand that and i yeah. think they try to overstep and sometimes it does result in a friendship don't get me wrong sometimes it's right but to me i do think sometimes it's overstepping because celebrities you know like sometimes they find it hard saying no as some don't but obviously some do 
I think you kind of need to respect that boundary. And if you yeah, respect that boundary and you keep it in place, then you can get a friendship out yeah. of it if they end up trusting you. But it doesn't even have to be a friendship. I think it, it can also be a sense of a mutual respect. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you are a journalist. And yeah, but you, I think you, people need to accept that. Yeah, though, because yeah. sometimes you, you get people who want to be a journalist just because they want to be friends with yeah, a famous person. Yeah, it doesn't person. work like that. And unfortunately, well, in my experience, it's never worked like that. No. The people who've ended up trusting me have known, have gotten to know me. And even then, I've always still kept a line. But I think the line has come from you. It hasn't come from them. Yeah. And it's very evident to see sort of, okay, yeah, like these are celebrities and you're in a room with them and you're talking to them. But they are very well aware of the fact that for them they're in front of a journalist if and that journalist could ask them anything ask them anything but also report on anything that happens yeah. so like they are going to be very very vigilant that you know it's very evident that now a lot of these celebrities are media trained yeah. to be like this is what you can say this is what you can't say this is how you say it this is how you avoid it because they have to be very very careful yeah. you know it's great that you know, a lot of people used to be like, oh my God, you met this person. Oh my God, you met that person. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, like they're really nice, but they're really nice to me because I'm, I'm a, journalist. a journalist. Yeah, I mean, I have had a few experiences where, y- you know, you're a journalist and you sort of think this person is behaving like yeah. an absolute brat. <laughs> I don't want to name, I don't want to name anyone specifically, yeah. but that has happened before. It's happened to me on the phone, in phone interviews. It's happened to me on Zoom. It's happened to me in person. Yeah. But it's sort of, you know, you kind of just think, mm, I don't, I don't, you know, you wouldn't be there without no. the journalists or yeah, the fans. Exactly. So, you know, like, you might be having a bad day, but if you're having a bad day and that person's come up to you for a selfie, for example, yeah. you could have made their life. Yeah. Like, even if that's your bad day. Mm. And I think a lot of people don't understand that as well. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a double-sided coin. You can be sympathetic towards the fact that they will always get recognised. Yeah. But for example, if they're in London, they don't always get recognised. So I'll just give you, <laughs> to end, Go I'm going to give you a really funny example. So me and Shama went to, well, I I went to interview Gargil for Helicopter Ela, like I said. And uh, w- at that time, there was a protest against the previous US president going on in the UK. And so we walked through that protest mm-hmm. to get to where we were interviewing her. And I changed my shoes when I got there because I was wearing trainers or whatever it was and I changed into my heels. You know, first impressions and all. <laughs> um, and we entered the room and literally she was so happy for one because our video videographer had loads of lights and the room yeah, was he had, dark. He had good light. Like, oh my god, at least you come over you guys have come with lights. And then you know you end up in a slight conversation. Kaji yes. is quite friendly. Yes, she is. And even after it, she we told oh, you know, we went through the Trump thing, um, to get here after the interview this is. And she was like, You were wearing heels, you were wearing those and I was like, No, I no. wasn't <laughs> <laughs> And then it was so funny because like a day later, me and Shama were at work and we decided to s- just pop into a card shop and Shama was on one end of the shop <laughs> and I was on the other end of the shop and literally we hear this voice that is so familiar so to us. So familiar. And we just both looked up at each other. <laughs> like, oh my God, oh it's Kajal. Yeah. And it was Kajal with her uh, daughter. daughter. Um, and we nearly, nearly, very nearly sort of said hi, but then... We kind of both copped out of it. The thing is, I think it's also (laughs) gauging that whole thing of like, she just spent the last, the day before talking to journalists, talking to people. She's just here with her daughter. Just, it's fine. It was so surreal. It was really surreal. We're like, oh my God, it's her. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those things where I think also I've always, I mean, that was the first time that I was in the presence of a celebrity outside of their professional context. Yeah. 
you have to also realise that when celebrities are talking to journalists in an interview basis, they are being professional. Yeah, yeah. They're showing their professional side. They're showing a side of them that they want the public to see. Yeah. It was very interesting. It taught me a lot. And I think it, it definitely taught me a, a lot more about like being sympathetic because a lot of these celebrities just like we were waiting hours and hours for them for a lot of them it was they were on like a 10 hour flight to whichever okay yeah they're flying first class and whatever but then the end of the day flying is flying they've come here doing whatever they need to do like it's still hectic on their side as well so yeah I mean I can't say I'm as sympathetic I don't think I've learned sympathy for that only because they get yeah everything paid for them they and they they they, they, they do they're not they're not I feel like their longer days are probably on film set. Mm. But for me, I'm not that sympathetic, but I do, you know, like you do see a human side to Yeah, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's difficult to find that. But sometimes, yeah. but a lot of the time, it is definitely there. And I try to, usually in every interview that I did, I try to add a quirky question at yeah. the end or something to just, they remember me or yeah. they remember the question or they haven't, haven't been asked that before or something like that. But yeah, but it's, it's, yeah. it's a good learning curve. Yeah. I think, like, like Shama, I don't think I regret any of it. You know, sometimes you do kind of think it's so weird that something voluntary has got yeah. me this far. Yeah, it's very much like, and I'm sure you have the same, like you think, hold on, when I was younger and when I was watching these people on screen, I never thought that I would be sitting in front, sitting in front of them. Yeah. Not just sitting in front of them, but having this kind of conversation with them, yeah, conversing absolutely. with them in this way. And also... I'm completely okay with them not knowing who I because they don't know who you are not friends. Yeah, so this they is don't what I mean by the, lo- the line are. of journalist and celebrity. I think that's I, I was quite comfortable yeah. with them not knowing who not I knowing was. Who. But I was more comfortable in more, more recent years where people or celebrities like you know shared my reviews or yeah. shared something oh, that I'd done. And that's I think that's amazing. the biggest mm. satisfaction yeah. that you can yeah. get because that means they've read it. All their PR team have read it and they've specifically highlighted. I think my biggest one was last, I think last year, when um, Madhuri Dixit retweeted the Fame Game review of mine. That was that was my biggest. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I can't remember what my biggest was. My first one was Adil Hussein. Yeah, for Feast of Rasani. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember what my favorite one was. I'm, I'm literally my mind's gone blank I think uh, Ayushman, Ayushman was a really big one for me as well because I have oh followed yeah. I had followed uh, Ayushman's career for a long time and uh, then I got to interview him uh, for Hawaii Zada which obviously didn't do that well but it was just such a big deal for me mm. to interview him and I even told him on the phone you know I've waited so long to interview you like I've been following you since your anchoring mm-hmm. days and then he started asking about me. He was like, you know, where's your family from in India? So I was like, Rajkot. And he's like, but your name's Amrita. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. He goes, I thought you were some sort of jut. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, I'm Gujarati. No. Gujarati, mate. <laughs> so yeah, we had a bit of a conversation. And then I think after that, every time I've appreciated his films or something like that, he's, he's always... always retweeted or something. Oh, and I think nice. the other big thing was when Article 15 premiered at London Indian Film Festival and mine was the first review. And he oh, yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. This is the first, review, first review of the film. So this, it's just little moments like that that where you do feel get a little bit of validation they're not needed because people do read stuff anyway, people do read it's stuff so nice when they share yeah it just gives you a bit of a elevation yeah. and it's also other outlets other media outlets i feel like there should be more bringing each other up and supporting each other rather than so there is always going to be competition but there's no, a way it's, a small, it's a small industry but i think it would be you know everyone's on everyone else's radar and to be honest personal experiences that it's a rare occasion where another media outlet 
praises you or appreciates, appreciates yeah. you or stuff like that and it's like there's nothing wrong with with there's nothing wrong with doing that and there should be more of that yeah, so that absolutely. there's this there's just yeah there's it's just a lot more of a comfortable and a nicer environment because especially for newcomers newcomers it is because yeah. it's hard it's, a, it's it's really hard and and for it some people hard, yeah, it's hard to find your fitting definitely. yeah because you can be a really really good writer but if you are someone who isn't confident in being that it can really hold you back and I think it should be up to the people that are already in, the, in that industry and established to be supportive rather than be, think that everyone's your competition yeah. because that's not the case. You're all doing the same thing yeah. and yeah, just be nice, be kind. Yeah. And uh, this might be something that, uh, whether you want to talk about it or not, but I'm just going to say two words, Renvir Singh. <laughs> okay, we're not doing that. That <laughs> will have to be for part two. Let's just leave that open for part two. <laughs> If you know, you know. Yes. <laughs> that was wonderful. Oh. Just stop. This is for Just, part two. This is like, for this part is, two. We're gonna yes, we're going to leave it for part two. <laughs> we're going to leave it here, guys. Thank you so much for <laughs> listening. I hope you have enjoyed listening to our past anecdotes and the things that a small fraction of our experience. Thank you to DJ Shy Guy for our jingle. Thank you. Thank you so much. We love it. We absolutely love it. You can catch us on social media. You can also catch our podcast on all the podcast platforms. If there is a, pl- is a platform that we're not on, please do let us know. And please like, share and like and subscribe and download and, feedback. you know, do all the feedback, everything. <laughs> this really, really helps us to reach more people and grow this podcast. We are loving it. We're really, really enjoying it. And uh, we hope to catch you soon. Absolutely. And but we don't want to keep it in. Don't remember, we're not keeping We're it not in. keeping things in. We, we are, are voicing, voicing it out. out. And we, we advise you to do the same, by the way. Yes, please do. <laughs> All right, guys. See you later. Bye.